0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise the Lord, everybody. you glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. Amen. Why don't we give the Lord another hand clap of praise? Jesus. It is an honor and a privilege to be here tonight to speak to the greatest church, in my opinion, ever. I love my church. Do you love your church? Amen. We have the greatest leadership. We have the greatest pastor. We have some of the greatest saints. And it's just my honor to, to stand before you today. Uh, some of you have been living for God way longer than me. And it's just an honor to stand here before you today. In Jesus name, I wanna give honor to my pastor and his family, give honor to you, give honor to my wife. And I wanna turn your attention to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. If you would turn there in your Bible. Bible says chapter 11 verse 8 Bible says by faith Abraham when he was called to go out into a place which he should after should after received for him an inheritance obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the, uh, the, stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable These all died in the faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that said such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned I want to talk to you on this subject tonight it is your inheritance how will you spend it if you would put your Bibles down and lift your hands we're gonna invite the Lord to help us tonight pray for me that God would anoint my lips to speak tonight God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would help me, Lord, to deliver the word that you've given me tonight. God, these are your people and the sheep of your pasture, oh God. I don't take this lightly. God, I pray that you would help us tonight. Help us to receive your word, to hear your word, to speak your word. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Inheritance. The definition of inheritance could be an inheritance is money or property that you receive from someone who has died. Now I did my research and I looked up some of the the largest inheritances that are recorded and I'm going to share one with you here. Hubertus von Bombach, a German businessman, is the last on the top 10 list of biggest inheritance ever recorded. Boeinger Ingelheim was founded by Albert Boeinger in 1885 in Germany. For more than 130 years, the company has been run by the Bombachs and family members. In 2010, The company's 125th anniversary was celebrated in a spectacular event. The global pharmaceutical enterprise is known to focus on innovative drugs to cure cardiovascular disease. Hubertus, who uh, graduated from MIT, is currently both a CEO and chairman of the global firm, which is the second largest pharmaceutical company in Germany with an inheritance of 4.2 billion dollars. do You think you could spend all that money? You'd probably spend it on food. That's what I'd spend it on. Spend a lot of money on food. In Hebrews chapter 11 we read quite a few verses. I'm going to go back to that. Hebrews 11 and 1, one through3. the Bible says, "Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For it by, uh, for, by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were th- seen were not made of things which do appear. And verse 6 says but without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him you see Abraham was counted righteous because of his faith by faith Abraham it was by faith that Abraham Look to God and obey the things in the promises that God had for him. Verse 8 says, By faith, Abraham, and when he was called to go out into the place which he should, after received for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. So I want to talk about Abraham here for a little bit. Abraham was called out of a land of the Earl of the Chaldees. God called him out from his his parents, his father who was an idol worshiper. He heard the voice of God and he he obeyed him. God promised him that he would inherit. He would be a father of many nations. He would inherit. He would have seed as the stars of heaven and the the sand of the sea. He conceived a child in his old age who was Isaac and God asked him to sacrifice Isaac kill him on an altar and Abraham had so much faith in God that he actually went th- tried to go through with it but God provided and thus Isaac inherited that same faith. He inherited that same desire and love for God and, and hope in the promise of God. Isaac marries a woman named Rebecca. She has twins, Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau. Jacob had a desire to live for God. Jacob had a desire for the things of God. Esau on the other hand did not. Although Esau was the firstborn, he did not inherit the double portion. Jacob did. Because one day Esau is hunting and he's famished. He's hungry. But Jacob wanted his birthright so he strategically places himself in the path of Esau knowing that he's going to be hungry and he's cooking up a nice bowl of soup. Esau was so concerned with the temporal things that he was willing to sell his inheritance, everything that God had for him, for one temporal moment. He didn't believe, he didn't have enough faith in God to believe that God was strong enough to sustain him through that time. So he gave up his promise for a bowl of soup. Not only that, but Jacob deceived him, deceived his father into giving him his blessing. So he lost his birthright and his blessing. He lost his inheritance. So how did he spend it? He spent it on a bowl of soup. So Jacob gets the blessing, Jacob gets everything Esau should have gotten because Esau is too focused on the world, the carnal things, the carnal nature himself. So out of Jacob, he has 12 sons. He has Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Joseph, and Benjamin. These are the names of what would later become some of the twelve tribes of Israel, the nation that we know as Israel was prophesied to their father Abraham that they would be slaves for four hundred re- years, which happened to be in Egypt. God delivers them from Egypt. We all pretty much know the story. God calls Moses. Moses goes speak to Pharaoh. God plagues them until they allow him to them to leave. Uh, Egypt chases them through the Red Sea the Red Sea washes the Egyptians away and they are in the wilderness and the children of Israel wander in the wilderness for 40 years it took them 40 years to take an 11-day journey which is where the promised land was it took them 40 years to do And to fulfill what God called them to do. I don't know about you today, but I'm not waiting 40 years to do what God's called me to do. Now is the day. Now is the time. We've got to, if God is calling you to do something, today is the day to do it. There's no time to wait. I'm not waiting. I'm going to do what God's called me to do today. Amen. But it was a lack of faith in the promise. They did not have enough faith in God. so they they were too afraid. They were too afraid to enter into the promised land. So they wanted to test the waters. They wanted to dip their toe in the water, you know? I don't have much faith when it comes to jumping in a pool. I hate jumping in a pool. I don't like the cold. So it takes me forever to get in the pool. I'll dip my foot in there like, oh man, it's cold. And that's kind of how they were. They, they sent out spies. They had this bright idea to send out spies into the land because they were f- so afraid. So they sent out spies into the land to see what it was all about, to see if there was any immediate danger. So they, so they went. They spent 40 days in the, in the, in the land of Canaan. They found uh, abundance of fruit, everything that God said they had. They found it. They cut down some grapes and brought them with them, cut down some fruit and brought it with them. And there was only two people, Joshua and Caleb, that come back and said, let's do this. Let's take the land. Let's let's take what God has for us. But the rest of the people were scared. They saw the giants, and they were afraid of them, and they just didn't have any faith that God was going to deliver them out of this, deliver the land unto their hands. So... In punishment God tells the children of Israel you're not going to see the promised land so one year for every day that you spent that your spies spent in Canaan 40 days you're gonna have to spend 40 years in the wilderness and everybody who is 20 years or younger can see the promised land but everybody who's older than that their, their carcasses are going to lie in the wilderness because of their lack of faith except for Joshua and Caleb they had faith the Israelites were afraid to let go of what they had to receive what God had for them because they were going to have to fight for what God had for them and that's the way our walk with God is. You know, we get comfortable, we get complacent, but some things are worth fighting for. Sometimes we gotta let go of the comfort of, of what we know to receive what God has for us, and it's worth the fight. So now you have Israelites, they're, they're mostly dead. They've all died off and you get you come to numbers chapter 32 the bible says now the children of reuben and the children of gad had a very great multitude of cattle and when they saw the land of jezer in the land of gilead that behold the place was a place for cattle so in other words children of reuben and the children of gad come to moses and they say hey i know you want to go over into the Promised Land. you want to do what god wants you to do but we want to stay here we want to stay on this side of jordan we're not concerned about going over there we we have a great multitude of cattle our our ancestors Gad and Reuben, we have really developed this business of, of cattle. And this land is great for it. So we would like to just stay over here and, you, and, and, and allow us to have this as our inheritance here. We want, we, want to, we want to build our own kingdom over here. Yeah, God said this is great. It's flowing with milk and honey, but we want to stay here. We know what we got here. We're, we're comfortable. And so Moses says to them, he says, so you're going to let your friends or you're going to let your brothers go over there and fight and you're going to stay here. He said, that's, that's going to discourage them just like your fathers did when they were afraid to inherit the land before and God killed them all off in the wilderness. They said, so you're not going to fight. You're going to, you're going to stay here and make everybody think it's better over here and, and what God has for you is not good. And they said, oh, no, 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 that's, that's not what we're saying. We'll fight. We'll go fight. But we, we, we want to fight for what we want to fight for. We don't want to fight for the things of God. We want to we fight for the kingdom that we have built. So what I want to say today is you're going to fight for something. In this life, you are going to fight for something yeah, you, it might look good. You might have worked hard and built it. But, but if, you, if you're going to fight in this world, you might as well fight for something that's going to be worthwhile in the end. Amen. Right. Amen. They said, we'll fight, but not for the promised land. This is how they chose to spend their inheritance. They chose to spend their inheritance on the things that they wanted, kind of like Esau. Esau. He chose to, to, to spend it on something that pleased him. You will fight for something. So the reality of the situation is that you're going to fight in this life. You're going to work. You're going to toil. You're going to sweat. You're going to fret. You're going to bend. You're going to break. For something. You're going to work for something. You're going to go through hard times for something. Your inheritance is not what you get from the land that flows with milk and honey the promise is your inheritance let me back up in this world you will gain if you spend your life for the things of this world you will gain the whole world and you will lose your soul So. We have one life to live what are we going to spend it on it's your inheritance how are you going to spend it so how did Joshua and Caleb choose to spend their inheritance they chose to spend it by faith so now Moses is dead Joshua succeeds Moses and the time comes to, comes to possess the land God commands Joshua to call the priests together the Ark of the Covenant and go to the Jordan River. And it's neat because you can see the plan of salvation all through this. And the plan of salvation is repentance, baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, sins washed away. So you see the priests go before the people. And the Bible says that they're the, once the sole of the foot of the priest is planted on the bottom of the, of the water, on the ground, that the waters would part. And then all everybody could go across on dry land. So you see, prior to that, Joshua has recommitted the children of Israel to God. So that's the repentance. Joshua turns the heart of Israel, he turns everybody back to God and the Bible says that he had to to circumcise them for the second time. Now this just means that they were circumcised because in the wilderness they did not keep the covenant of God. So Joshua had to circumcise everybody, reinstating this covenant, recommitting them, them to God. So that's the repentance, you see. They repented and now they're about to go through the water They're about to go across on dry land, just like they did in Egypt. Egypt was, going through the Red Sea was a type of baptism, washing away the sins. So God parts the Jordan. They go through on dry land about approximately 3 million people. And what's interesting is you see how Joshua is choosing to spend his inheritance He is choosing to spend his inheritance by committing his life back to God. Proverbs 16 and three says, commit your works unto the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Now, if you look at that word, commit, it is a root word in Hebrew. I'm getting a little nerdy here with the Hebrew, but it makes sense. So gal, G-O-L is the root word which is of Hebrew of Galgal, which means to roll away. So what you'll find here is when Joshua and the children of Israel cross over the Jordan, there is, they name that place Gilgal, and that is the same root as Galgal, to roll away, because God said, this day I will roll away the reproach of Egypt from off of you so you see the baptism and the washing away of the sin from the people now they're not burdened by this anymore now they're on their way to inheriting the promise which the promise is none other than the Holy Ghost that is receiving the promise of God God did promise Abraham that he would be a father of many nations he did promise that he didn't necessarily promise him this he, he, he promised him the land but it was more than just the land that he promised him it was about being a father of many nations so commit means to roll away commit your work unto the lord and your thoughts will be established this is how they joshua spent his inheritance he recommitted his life to god so an interesting thing that i noticed here was that the priests stayed in the bottom of the jordan on dry land the whole time 3 million people crossed by you know there's no way that, there's no way that they could leave that spot because the waters had to stay parted, the waters would have stayed parted by them standing there. If they would have moved, the waters would have came back. So in other, other words, the people won't receive the promise of God unless there's a priest that bears the covenant of God. There's, not, you cannot, there's no way for anybody to receive the promise of God unless there's a priest that is standing in the gap. And that's what you are. The Bible says you're a royal priesthood, a, a holy nation, a chosen generation that you should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are the priesthood now. You are the ones that are going to stand in the gap for the, for the people who need to receive the promise. That's what we are. I'm just going to pray for a minute. Would you, would you pray with me? God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would be here, O oh God. Help me, Lord, to speak your word. Help me, Jesus, O oh God, I pray. I need you today, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. The Bible says we have not a high priest which cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. If it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't be able to inherit the promise. What is the promise? The promise is the Holy Ghost. The the Bible says, for this promise is unto you and to your children and all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. So when we receive the Holy Ghost, we receive access to The promised land the kingdom is within you it's not a physical place the promise the promised land is the kingdom of god the promise is us drawing of the fruit of the spirit it's drawing the bible says in galatians 5 22 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance and so when we receive the promise, this is our inheritance. We receive this inheritance of God so that we can draw from it. And the only way to spend our inheritance is He gave His life for us, so we give our life back to Him. We spend our life on Him, we spend it back on Him. The promise of Abraham was that He would be a father of many nations, not just a nation, the nation of Israel. But many nations, many nationalities, and the promise was fulfilled at Calvary. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive the inheritance. You have received the promise, uh, and you are the seed of Abraham. So, the question is today how are you going to spend your inheritance? It's your inheritance. How are you going to spend it? Is there. Maybe there's a, a refocus that we need to, to, to refocus on what it is that we're, we're spending our lives on. Are we like Esau, wanting to spend it on temporal things? Are we focused more on the temporal? Are we focused on building our own kingdom, building our own business, building our own wealth just so that we can have the comforts of this life? Or are we spending it back on God? you know the firstborn the firstborn in the Old Testament got the double portion and but the thing about it was he wasn't allowed to do what he wanted to do he had to be about his father's business so that's what we have to do we have to be about our father's business we have to recommit our work unto the Lord our work is our life Um, You can't separate your work from your life. And our work is our life. We need to recommit. Commit our work unto the Lord and our thoughts will be established. Everything that we do, established means firm. We will have everything we need. God will make our path straight and firm to walk on. So are we like Reuben and Gad who want to just fight in this life for what we want? Or do we want to fight for the things of God. I don't know, when they got over the, the, across the Jordan, Joshua asked him a question. Choose ye this day who you'll serve. And he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's what I want to spend my inheritance on. I want to, I want to return it back to God. In Jesus' name. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says, These all died in the faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them that embraced them. No, they're persuaded of them and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims. They embraced the promise. And I, I believe that's what we need to do. We need to embrace the promise. Be persuaded of the promise and embrace the promise. Embrace the salvation that God has given us. Because Jesus paid it all. And the song says, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. You know, at the altar of marriage, Pastor tells us that the greatest compliment you could ever give your spouse or to give somebody is to say I choose to get I choose to live my one and only life for you I get one life and I choose to spend it with you and in return the greatest compliment compliment you can receive is the same but on the cross our Savior, beaten, bruised, and accused falsely, summed up in one phrase I do. He said, I do. I do give my life. They don't take it. I give it. I do bear your sin. I do choose to take it all upon myself, giving my life for you. The greatest compliment you can give your savior is to spend your life on him because he paid it all don't waste your inheritance you've got the Holy Ghost you got the promise of God what are you going to do with it are you going to spend it on the world or are you going to spend it and return it back to God and you know the, the thing about the promise is when they went into the promised land it wasn't like they weren't gonna have to fight they still had to go over there and face giants and fight, fight for the things that God had for them so it's not all better bed of roses but it's still the promise of God it's not heaven yet but we gotta fight and we've got something to fight for So I wonder if you'll stand with me and lift your hands to God. Jesus, thank you, God. God, I thank you for the promise of the Holy Ghost. I thank you, God, for fulfilling the promise on the cross, oh God. Somebody's got a giant today. Somebody's got a giant standing before them today and they don't know how they're going to defeat it, and they don't know how they're going to to battle this giant. If that's you today, I just want you to know that God is for you. God is fighting with you. But it's not until you tap into that promised land and start to draw from the, the fruit of the promise. We have to tap in, and we have to fight, and we have to draw from the promise that God has given us God is fighting for us and we cannot be afraid when we stand before the things that are before us I wonder if you would have a recommitment today where you're at and if you haven't committed your life to God today's the day commit your work unto the Lord commit your life unto the Lord and your thoughts will be established everything that you do will be established it will be firm you know when the children of Israel Joshua God told Joshua to have them go down and get these stones pull them up out of, the, out of the, the river to make a memorial. And I can just see them, they're carrying these stones on their backs as a burden. I don't think they were little stones. To, to build a memorial before God, to say, hey, this is what God did. And I think today we could build a memorial unto God and say, God, I know what you did, I know what you're going to do, and I believe, it, I believe you for it because he rolled away the reproach of our sin. He rolled away everything, and I think we can make a memorial today. It's time to recommit, refocus, give your life to God. If you've not given your life to God, today's the day. if you have need of prayer, if you have something in your life that you need God to do, I wouldn't hesitate to come to this altar because our God is powerful. Our God can do anything. Our God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. There's nothing he can't do. And if you have faith to believe, will come through for you in Jesus' name I think maybe we can just find a place to pray whether you come to the altar or whether you pray at your seat what is it that you're spending your inheritance on Have you received the inheritance? Have you received the inheritance that God has for you? It's the Holy Ghost. And the promise is unto you and your children. And all that are far off. Oh God, I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. What are you doing it for? What are you you building the business for? What are you working for? What are you doing day? Further the kingdom of God, or are you doing it to further the kingdom of yourself? Because if it's for you, it's not going to mount to anything. Commit your work unto the Lord, spend it on the Lord, spend your life on the Lord. Oh God, I thank you for this day. I thank you, God, for your people. God, I pray for everybody in this room oh god i pray right now jesus that you would bring a recommitment and a refocus oh god i pray today would be a memorial for somebody oh god i pray that today would be a memorial for somebody that their life would be forever changed they could look back and say hey that was the night that god done it that's the night that god did it for me